0: Did you ever think you would made it? I feel I'm so close I could take sweet victory I know this life meant for
1: me Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got Bet David? Value payment giving values contagious This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to haters Howdy running,
0: homie, look what I become I'm the one
1: So, every day Okay, we got uh, another special guest today, possibly the greatest voice in the game. I mean, you'll hear it here in a second. Sebastian uh, Gorka is a British-born Hungarian-American media personality not related to George Soros,
2: military and intelligence analyst. <laughs> That's and- the first time anybody's done. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and, former no relation. Go-
1: and former government official who served in the administration of U.S. President Donald Trump as a deputy assistant to President from January 2017 till August 25th 2017. He's got a book out, not the one Adam talked about, but the latest one that's out here, The War for America's Soul. If you haven't uh, followed him on social, his shirt game is on fire. He wears this unique shirt. He's a big fan of the FBI, the uh, Fascist Bureau Intimidation. <laughs> and he's got a lot to say about it. So having said that, it's great to have you on the podcast today.
2: Thanks for having me. But when are you going to fire the guy who does the thumbnail?
1: Let's talk about him. Can this we? is a serious issue. The, you're,
2: you're a handsome dude. <laughs> and the thumbnail for you and me today is 40 pounds ago for me. And you look ugly. What's, who is this well, guy? Listen, this guy. Who is he, this guy? Just Bring him in us. here now. Let's arm wrestle. And I'm going to crush him. He's <laughs> not a fan. Now. He's Fairy. not a well, fan of well, this podcast. Is he, does he hate America? Uh, I
1: Maybe, maybe parts of a. Maybe he should
0: go somewhere else.
1: I, I I, think afterwards we should have a conversation with let's him. Let's do How about that. we do that? Let's, let's, do let's do talk, that. talk to him
0: We're after trying that. to create jobs here, not... <laughs> dumb- By the, the way, way, I'm jobs. actually <laughs>
1: curious who did the thumbnail. Can somebody text me and it tell is, me who actually the, did the thumbnail?
0: This is the, the
2: thumbnail. crappiest thumbnail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and you guys asked my team for, you know, links, headshots, Rob. bio, and like, oh, screw it's that. It's over. Screw that.
1: It's over. It is... Over. Okay, listen, whoever a, did it, text there's, there's me. There's we got to give him recognition. And, uh, Rob, if you can put the thumbnail up, because it seems like, like Sebastian to, uh, oh, really wants oh, to see the picture I again. Just it. put yeah, it up. I got
2: it. I got it Here, I'd guys. like to see this Uh Is there a way match. to
1: show it or no? Can you go back? Like, go back to, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what you got to do. Right there. Zoom in a little bit. That's a handsome-looking man right there. That's 42 pounds ago. <laughs> 42 pounds ago. That's when I was t-
0: 260, okay? Wow. Well, Sebastian, you're a pretty uh, big dude. How tall are you? 6'3". Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tom looks like a little elf next to you right now. Adam. What?
1: Touch, touch it. it.
0: Just <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, Just sounds good. It. Well, listen, let's get right into it, guys. We got a lot okay. of things to cover. There's okay. a lot of craziness going on. Uh, we got uh, a few topics that I want to speak to you about. One is Casey DeSantis. A lot of stories that's coming up about Casey DeSantis. One is from New York Post. I'm sure you've read him. A uh, few things on uh, um, Biden's low rating on economy, on immigration, uh, some say he has the lowest uh, rating as a president since Adam and Eve. It's a long time to, to have oh. something like that. Uh, longtime Democrat, former presidential candidate, makes return to politics to run RFK's campaign and oust Biden. I want to know your thoughts on yeah. that. Durham report, Jim Jordan urges Congress to use power of the purse against FBI. Obviously, the other side is not doing anything about it. We'll talk reparations, ban on Micron. Uh, China escalates microchip clash with U.S., Maybe we can talk about what's happened with Fox after Tucker. Sure, Uh, We'll talk about the annual meeting attended by the world's elite. uh, Has AI top of the agenda. They don't even hide it anymore. They tell you what meeting it's about. We'll talk about China and Taiwan. Um, I'm really curious to know if you do drink Bud Light. So we'll talk about a Wall Street Journal story, how Bud Light blew it, and a few other things. But before we get into this, if you don't mind, for the audience that may not know your background, how you got to where you are today, if you don't mind taking a minute sharing your background, that'd be great.
2: Sure, it's hard to do in a minute, but my uh, my father was an anti-communist who uh, created a secret student's organization in Hungary after the communists took over. He was betrayed by somebody called Kim Philby, a British double agent He was arrested, tortured and given a life sentence at the age of 20. He was two years in solitary, two years down a prison coal mine, and eventually liberated by the revolutionaries in 1956. He escaped to the West literally across a minefield with the 17-year-old daughter of a fellow political prisoner who became his wife and my mother. I was raised in the UK to Hungarian parents. I spoke Hungarian as a first language. And then after the Wall fell, I went to work in the uh, new uh hungarian government the first freely elected hungarian government after communism i worked in the defense industry uh, in the defense ministry um helping them get into nato because i'd served in the british reserves in a military intelligence unit so i was helping them get back into the west did uh, lived in hungary for 15 years met my beautiful uh, american wife in europe And then 9-11 hits, and an amazing man, a Marine who is a legend, one of the greatest men I've ever known, uh, Nick Pratt, Colonel Nick Pratt, a former CIA paramilitary, invited me to teach on a counterterrorism program out of Garmisch-Partenkirchen. We have a a, a U.S. base in Germany, and I was teaching a counterterrorism course for four years to our allies and our partners. And then um, woke up one morning with my wife, 2008. We literally looked at each other in bed. We woke up and said, time to go. Communism screwed this country. It's going to take another 50 years. Um, I applied for three jobs in the US, VMI, West Point and National Defense University. Got a job at NDU uh, teaching counterterrorism to 05s, 06s and uh, one stars. And then I wrote a book called Defeating Jihad. And somebody called Corey Corey Lewandowski rang me up in the summer of 15 and said, Hey, uh, Mr. Trump would like to meet with you to get some prep for the GOP debates on national security. I said, uh, okay. So I went to Trump Tower, sat down with then Mr. Trump for about 40 minutes. Unbelievable discussion from the Civil War to nuclear weapons to ISIS to you name it. And then classic Trump move. There's only three of us in the room. He looked at Corey in the corner. and He said, I like this guy. Let's hire him. So uh, I became, I signed an NDA like Stormy Daniels, me and Stormy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then uh, I started writing him policy papers for the debates. And then I ended up in the White House as his deputy. Served there for seven, year, seven months, felt like seven years. Um, and then uh, resigned because of certain things we can discuss later. And now I have a national radio show with Salem, America First, and a TV show on uh, Newsmax called The Gawker Reality Check, and I'm loving it.
1: I love it. So uh, the 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 2008, when you woke up, you
2: and your wife, you're like, we gotta we gotta get out of yeah. here. What what was the tipping point for you? You know what? For me, for me, it was one concrete thing. So our, our kids uh, were uh, in 2008 were nine and, and uh, seven, and they spent every summer in the U.S. because mm-hmm. of my wife's family. So they were socialized as Americans. I remember one day they went to the little Catholic. Uh, school in the village where we lived, about half an hour outside of Budapest. And one day I was watching the playground, and I saw this sea of, of gray kids with their heads down and not engaging. And I see two kids standing upright, looking people in the eye, and I thought, wow, our, our kids are different. <laughs> and and I realized there's a, there's a saying that is maybe apocryphal that's attributed to uh, Janos Kadar, who was the creator of goulash communism, this softer kind of communism after Stalin died. And apparently somebody asked him in the Politburo, why, why are you doing these reforms? Why, why are you slightly loosening the grip on the people in, in, in communist Hungary? And Kadar said, allegedly, I find it much easier to bend the spine slowly over time than to try and break it suddenly. So this form of, of you know watered-down communism had so seeped into the blood that in 2008 I could still see it in the kids Mm -hmm. in the 10 year olds and the 9 year olds and I said I've done my I've done 15 I'm in the land of my forefathers I have done 15 years I've investigated the Prime Minister for being a secret police officer I've had death threats on my family I want to live in a country that I respect And I'd been working with the U.S. military for about four years. And I said, I love these guys. I want to work for them in America and become an American. So that's why. So last night, the
1: Lakers are playing the Denver Nuggets, and they were swept. And after halftime, it's about 10.30 or something like that, I said, I'm going to watch the Soros documentary because I had nothing better to do. And so it was... uh, uh, I thought
2: uh, you'd be having cigars. I was wondering which cigar bar I could find we you We can in. take you there right after this. But <laughs> so so we're,
1: so we're sitting there, and, and, and I'm watching the documentary. This is the 2019 one. I don't know if you've seen it or which not. One, uh, go ahead. You Go ahead. If you want to yeah. pull it up, this is the one that came out in 2019. Okay. Uh, if you've not seen it, I think it's worth watching. Now, here's a part. When I watched it, the documentary starts off saying you know everything about him, how people in uh, Hungary see him as the devil and all this other stuff and he is this and he is that and we don't want him here and we don't want him there and you know all these other countries he can't go into i think he can't go into the czech republic i think it was poland uh, I think it was Slovenia and one other country that he couldn't go into. And, uh, and then the documentary ends selling him as this savior and, you know, how I became oh, really? this. And it's a very interesting documentary. I think you being from where you are, you ought to watch it. So yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in this guy because uh, he's, his legacy is not going to go away. His son is going to take over and his son is going to do uh, things. and. But, do it, but, st-
2: but his son is not his father. His son is not smart. He's not like his dad. The legacy is not... And billions of dollars... You come out the
1: 38-year-old. Yeah. He's not like his dad. No. So, 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 but this is the question I got for you. As a man that's, you know, from there and you live there, how do they view George Soros? You know, because in this country, in America, the left, this is their God. This is yeah. their guy. This is the guy behind closed doors that's making all the decisions, giving money to an open society organization, all these things. Right. ESG, D-E-I-C-I. But, but how does Hungary view him... And how do you view him?
2: You know, the, the average plumber probably doesn't, doesn't have any idea. Um, the administration, I worked for Orbán in the 1990s. We can discuss him separately. Uh, Orbán has very effectually communicated in the, the media this, that this guy is anti-West. He's bad. He's bad for Hungary. So if you've heard of him, you think he's a bad guy. In Hungary. In, oh, Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, kicking out the central university from, from top down is it from no, oh, no, no, no. top down or no? No, I think the massive people okay, like I who, got you. Who, yeah. who, right? But but if you live in the big cities, if you follow politics, right. uh, If you're not, you know, they've destroyed, Orbán has very effectively dis- destroyed the left in, in Hungary. There's, there there isn't really much of an opposition left. He had a two thirds majority uh, of, of uh, the parliament. He managed to change the constitution, bring back Christianity, and all kinds of great things. So so the majority of people, if they know of him. If they know of him, know that he's a bad guy because Orban has been very good in his, uh, let's just say, information operations. Got it. So, but why is he a bad guy? Why? Because he he hates what the West is. I mean, he took Karl Popper's concept of open society when he studied under Popper in the U.K., and, and he completely perverted it into, I will decide what is good. I will pick, you know, it's, it, it's like, um, you know, Gnosticism, right? The, the heresy. You know, we have the secret knowledge. It's a little bit like the, the, the bad version of Straussian politics. The, the, a very small coterie of individuals know what is good for everyone. And we will decide. And we will pick. I mean, it's like, it's what, you know, it's like the 70 prosecutors in America. What has he done here? He doesn't have to win presidential elections. Where's the real power in America? It's local. It's when you can put a million dollars into Alvin Bragg's race in New York, a man who campaigned on, I'm going to put Donald Trump in prison. That's power. When you put dozens and dozens of your prosecutors, who are radicals who hate America, into power to put criminals back on the streets, to say, you know, we need, we need, uh, equity not equality that 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 moment from what was it the bill maher interview with uh, bernie Mm -hmm. sanders bernie i don't don't know the difference what's the difference Uh, 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 so uh, tell me i mean what you're you're you don't know the difference bernie well guess what george soros knows the difference and he is building equity by destroying people in america why though
1: why what why does he want to do that So so what I wanted to get into this guy's to see what well, may-
2: look, look look have you seen the interview that they deep-sixed of, of him on CBS or ABC when they asked him about what you did during the war I think that a lot of that is why I mean you got to understand this is a Jewish kid Can you find this I mean th- if you if you find it in 10 minutes I'm going to be impressed okay He's asked on camera about what he did during World War II in Hungary as a 15-year-old And how he worked with the Nazis to collect the wealth of the Jews, of his fellow Jews, to collect the wealth before they were sent to the labor camps and the death camps. And the interviewer says, do you feel any remorse for this? And he actually laughs. The guy laughs. I saw that. Six million people killed and you're part of the initial phase? of rounding them up by collecting their wealth before they get put on the cattle carts. And you laugh, dude, if you're trying to deal with that, if your conscience is is eating you up for the last 60 years that you helped the Nazis and you're a Jew, there's all kinds of things. You can Is this. The one you're talking about? Uh, It looks like it. Yeah. Right. You you got, you got an Oliver from me. Nicely done.
0: (laughs) My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who, swore that you were uh, his adopted godson yes, yes went out in fact and helped in the confiscation of property from the jews that's right yes i mean that's that sounds uh like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many many years was it difficult uh, not, not not at all not at all look at, uh, look at his face. maybe as a child you don't He's smiling. you don't see the connection uh, uh, but it was it created.
2: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: No no problem at all. No feeling of guilt.
2: No. You're better than the guy Joe Rogan uses. You're quicker. (laughs) (laughs) You're quicker. (laughs) So, so, I mean, uh, that, that, could you imagine yeah. doing that as, as, as a, what, what, you're a Syrian Christian? A Syrian right? Christian. I, yeah. Imagine you're helping as a 14 year old persecute the Syrian Christians.
1: Yeah, so I'm really trying to figure out his motive though. Like, what
2: is the motive look, though? I, I, as a globalist, I get it. So, uh, look, hit, let, let, I can't get inside his head. I do not want to go to that, you know, Dante and sixth circle of hell. But what's the motive for the left today? We, we were discussing this before we went live. Forget party politics. Forget you know, R&D. I realized this a long time ago. This nation is separated by one question. Do you love America or is America the problem? It's that simple. Uh, uh, is America bad or is it great? He and everybody else who works with him at the Open Society Foundation and works for Alvin Bragg believes America is the problem, and also they have white guilt. Even if you're not Jewish, you have white guilt. How, how does BLM stop you know getting you know five different mansions for its founder if not white guilt? The problem in America is is racism. You know what the problem. It is racism, but who's who are the racists? The white liberals, those are the people who are the problem in America, because they hate themselves and they hate this country. If you think America is the problem, it explains everything. Open borders, right? It explains, you know, why we're doing deals with Iran. It explains everything. It is hatred of America that is the key question. Do you love it or do you hate it? What's the antonym of George Soros? We don't have one. We you discussed this yesterday. I well, want to know from you because you're in this yeah, world. Yeah, we, well, well we had Sheldon Adelson who, who passed last year. Um the, the, this is the big big problem on the right is that we have people with money who spend it on garbage. I mean seriously, another you full page it. ad in the Washington Times that's not going <laughs> to that's not going to move the needle anywhere. We have not been playing the culture war. We haven't fa- Look look at the look at what is being done in the mainstream media. The Oh, the only guy who could be is Elon, but he's not a conservative. I was on a, a, an hour and a half Twitter spaces with him, and I got to ask him a question, and I listened to him. This is the first big Twitter space he did. We had like 90,000 people on it, and he was on his jet.
1: <laughs> I remember that, the
2: whole sound of the background. Oh, it's weird. Yeah. And, you know, if you, if you haven't listened to it, guys, listen to the Twitter space by, hosted by Mario Nafal, where we talk about the Twitter drops and where I tell him, where's the smoking gun, Elon? I, th- this isn't, a, you know, oh, the, the, the Democrats in D.C. worked with the Democrats in Palo Alto. This is news. And I said, where's the smoking gun? Anyway, th- the thing about Elon Musk is, if you listen to that 90 minutes, he is like a kid who found a new toy. It's like Christmas Day and you open the box and I've got a new toy. What's the toy? The toy's Politics. I guarantee you, this guy hasn't had a political thought for the last 40 years. And then up comes censorship, up comes open border, up comes everything else. And he goes, huh, what, what, what's this Hunter, Hunter Biden laptop thing? Why, why can't I retweet the New York Post story about it before the election? He's found politics and he's playing with it. He doesn't know what he is. He doesn't know whether he's a libertarian or a conservative. He just knows people are attacking America that has given him fortune beyond belief and are attacking the First Amendment and he doesn't like it. He could be, he could be the George Soros for the good guys. But he's also got some ties to China that are problematic, business ties, whatever. But you know, my metric when people say to me, you know, he's he's just another one of the elitists. <laughs> he's pissed off all the right people in the last year. The enemies he has made are all the right enemies from the washington post to cnn to the democrats to aoc if you're pissing off those people who hate america you're probably a good guy
1: yeah it, it, you know there's a um, it's funny you're saying that 40 years he's not but you know he just kind of got a hold of this but knowing his style of a student and curious he is i can only imagine how obsessed and immersed he is with wanting to know everything, learn everything about the space, if that's the case, if you're saying that's the case. Uh, And if he becomes a true believer... Uh, that's a pretty heavy weight of a truth. Do you have any thoughts on the guy, on the person he just hired as yes. a CEO? Do you have yes. any thoughts on it? I'm curious.
2: So, I, I saw all this stuff about her being, yeah. you know, she's a leftist, World Economic Forum executive director, look at the interview she did with him, it's all work. I watched the interview, it, was, it wasn't it was wasn't bad, and you know, it's fascinating, the finance, my, my engineer on my radio show, he sent me a clip of the Financial Times, where it's two unnamed sources, uh, senior executives in advertising said, yeah, if I had to class her, I'd say Linda probably a reagan republican and then i go to find is this woman on twitter and i go on twitter she's following me patrick (laughs) now if you're watching your moves you know you you have to be i mean having me on your show you got balls so god bless you for having me on your show right because uh, as far as you know the left is concerned i i am you know the the devil incarnate, you know, Trump's, what, what did the, the Telegraph call me? Trump's pit bull, right? When I was in the White House. If she's, fo- I, I don't have a lot of big uh, ad executives following me on Twitter. I mean, I've got a million plus followers, but big, big ad executives. I think she's probably the only one. Now that's interesting. And my producer who has the best political, uh, his the marrow bone, he, he, can, he can sniff out a, a, a fake person instantly. He said... Yeah, you know why he hired her? Because the biggest problem at Twitter now, and you've seen it on your feed, are the crap ads. I mean, he's been hammered since he took her over. They have been targeting him, the left has, to get rid of his advertisers. He needs to make that platform profitable. He wants to turn it into the Amazon plus Facebook plus YouTube of the future. The super app. The the, the app. He says, I want this app, the app. You only need one app to shop and watch your videos and do social. This is the app. Now, you can't do that without money, without it being profitable. He's just hired a professional, and he can fire her whenever he wants. This is a woman who's there to bring in ad revenue, and I'm not worried about this woman not at all yeah i mean uh, uh uh
1: i've been following to see what she's saying how she communicates what she's doing, i dm'd how her yeah. she hasn't
2: dm'd me back yeah. so i'm waiting for I the am response
1: sure she's got 50, <laughs> DMs hey, but she she follows she's me. come on does that kind of pump it up like if if it's follow to
2: follow so it kind of shows that, yeah, hmm. sure it yeah i'm sure she'll eventually get back to does you.
0: it show how long she's been following you uh,
2: i don't know i don't know about it. that's a good question Maybe in the you know back, back back. Maybe it was something you said at a particular
0: moment that inspired her to yeah, follow but if Gorka. You're the,
2: if you're in the ad- advertising industry, you know you don't follow MAGA people. That's you know because somebody can see that. You Maybe can see that's that.
0: why he hired her because she has uh, he's smart the ability to have certain right. ideology right. but also play ball with certain people on the right. left and money talks, baby.
1: Let's let's talk about MAGA people. Let's talk about your experience working with uh, yeah. President Trump and, yeah. and how that was and how you think he's doing right now with all the polls, what's out there. Uh, what's your experience been with him?
2: That's what everybody wants to know. It doesn't matter where I am in the country, what the topic is they've asked me to speak on sooner or later in the Q&A. The question is, what's he really like? And, and the fact is, if, if you've been alive you know, for the last 40 years, if you've watched television, if you've seen you know, President Trump, the nice thing about him, and I live in D.C., and it's full of snakes and janus faced you know, liars, what you see is what you get. When, when it's just the two of you in the Oval Office, it's exactly the same as if he's in front of 60,000 people in a stadium, exactly the same. And, and let, me, let me tell you a story about that first meeting in Trump Tower in, in the summer of 15. You gotta understand, I grew up in the UK. So, step, up, step uh, up, a, up a lip, debating club, you know, all very proper, blah, blah, blah. And I walk into this kid from Queens office, and the Donald's a little bit different. He's not exactly from, you know, uh, private school in West London, like mm-hmm. I was. So I got a little bit of getting used to. But within three minutes of talking to this guy, I realized one thing. He hates political correctness and he loves America. And I said, you you want me to work for you? Fine. You hate political correctness? Number one. Number two, you love America. You think about, you know, I was there when he announced in Mar-a-Lago for the second time. And of course I was there to, you know, cover it for my show and to, you know, support him. But I'm listening to it, and I'm standing there, and it blew my mind because what has he been put through for the last six years? Have you home raided by armed FBI agents? Have your wife attacked? Have your son attacked being called an anti-Semitic white supremacist when your daughter converted to Judaism and your grandkids are Jewish? And you're prepared to step into the arena again? I salute that. I salute that. So, um, a great American. Bottom line: whether whether you like his tweets or not. And when people say the tweets, seriously, six million illegal immigrants, and you're going to talk to me about tweets? I mean, grow up. Just Will he tweet with. before? The
1: well, LA, this before? is. the I don't know the. Will inter- he
2: tweet? That's the big question. The question There's a is, lot of questions. That's probably
1: the most important one.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know, because of Truth Social. I don't know what, what deal he's got with the investors at Truth Social, whether he can't. We'll see. He's got he's got a year and a half. Does he's, he follow you? He's using you?
1: Instagram. He's using Facebook. He's using everything but, but Twitter. Twitter. Right. So Does he follow you uh, on Twitter, Sebastian?
2: Does He fo- he only follows like 16, 17 people. I figured you'd be in that list. I don't know. Well, well I haven't checked.
1: Okay, so let's go through Durham report. Okay. Yeah. Right, let's talk about that. So a few things. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot to it. I'll read the story, and I'll just pretty much tee you up, and you can go from there sure. uh, with your background. So um, let me go here. So Jim Jordan urges Congress to use power of the purse against FBI. This is a Washington, Washington Examiner story. Um, uh, to hold the FBI accountable following the release of the Durham report, Jordan urges, uh, argues that appropriations can be leveraged to pressure the FBI into reform Stating, we got to limit how they spend the money, maybe even limit them. Jordan has been vocal about FBI misconduct, including alleged targeting of anti-abortion groups and conservative activists. He calls for further investigations and discussions with individuals mentioned in the Durham report. Stating, are there people that were highlighted in the Durham investigation and the Durham report that we need to talk to on the Judiciary Committee? We're going to give that a good hard look. Some Republicans have even suggested defending or abolishing the FBI. Yesterday, I think a few FBI uh, whistleblowers came out. The mainstream media didn't give it a second of airtime at all. They, they did not talk about it. So t- tell us what's going on. Why is mainstream media not talking about it? With everything that's being shared, isn't this enough credibility for them to want to look at this?
2: And if not, why are they not? Because the FBI works for them. The FBI works for the left, works for the Democrats, and works for the media, which is part of the left. It's very simple. So when, when the the Dunn report is three hundred and seven pages, it's long, but most Americans are never going to read it. So I, I tweeted this out at, at the weekend, and I, I, you know, I'm, you know, I've got a lot of followers, but I very rarely get three hundred sixty six thousand views on a tweet. In a couple of days. And here it is. It's just the Cliff Notes. Haven't read the Durham report? Okay, here are the Cliff Notes. The FBI and CIA knew Hillary was about to frame candidate Trump. Repeat: the FBI and the CIA knew Hillary was about to frame Trump. Number two, Comey, head of CIA. Uh, uh, said FBI, and Brennan, head of CIA, briefed Obama and Biden on her plot on the summer of 2016. Before the election, Biden, as vice president, and Obama were briefed by the CIA and the FBI that Hillary's going to do this smear job. She's going to lie about Russian collusion. We've got the deets. Biggest conclusion. There was never any evidence of Russian collusion. None. Zero. Zip. You know, Mueller investigation, uh, impeachment one, impeachment two, no evidence of Russia collusion. Nevertheless, the U.S. government illegally spied on the Trump campaign and us in the Trump White House, Pfizer warrants, Flynn, Carter Page, Manafort, Papadopoulos, on and on and on. And lastly, my conclusion, this isn't the cliff notes, the deep state is real but Durham didn't have the balls to arrest any of its leaders or their masters, Hillary, Obama, or Biden. Forty years ago, the FBI was the enemy of the, of the left, right? The greatest patriotism is dissent. We hate the man. We hate the G-man. Today, and this, this, this is tough for me to even say, because before I joined the White House, my wife and I had the only external contract to provide training on ISIS and Al-Qaeda to the FBI. I was doing 20,000 miles a month, going from uh, field office to uh, RA to the headquarters to Quantico, briefing the FBI, training the agents. I trained thousands of agents and uh, SOS support staff and uh, intelligence analysts. If the FBI knocked on my door tonight, I'd say, screw you, talk to my attorneys. If you've lost me, I mean, if you've lost Dan Bongino, if you've lost me, if you've lost, you know, hardcore MAGA, it is irredeemable. There's no way to salvage this entity. This entity must be dismantled because we have a political police force in America and it's called the FBI. And it's not just about President Trump or, or, you know, Paul Manafort or Steve Bannon. It's about, you know, Catholic preachers in Philly having their home raided by armed FBI agents. It's about January 6ers who didn't even enter the building and get charged with a felony. That's political police. I'm sorry.
1: But how did that happen, though? If at one point yeah. they were the anti-left, when did they become the anti-right?
2: So I just did an interview with a guy who had 21 years in, um, uh, Michael Van Meter. He's an FBI Guy, supervisory special agent. It's on, it's on my America First uh, Rumble feed if you want to watch it. And he's fast, he, he said this happened right after Louis Fried. When, when Louis Fried came in, you started to see lawyers being brought into the leading positions on the seventh floor in the Hoover Building, not, not agents. And then um, after 9-11, Mueller was told – remember, this is, this is a pivotal moment in FBI history. Bush, after 9-11, told Mueller, the then FBI director – your job is to prevent the next 9 /11. H- hang, hang on a second. We're cops. Cops don't prevent crime. Cops arrest and investigate crimes. Now the FBI is meant to prevent them, which means it becomes an intelligence service, not a law enforcement agency. If you don't believe me, the, the URL, the, 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 not the URL, the address for FBI employees ends with .IC. It's fbi.gov.ic. Why? Intelligence community. They are now a spy agency. But they're spying on who? Americans. That's the problem. Mueller, it starts with free to a certain extent. Mueller and then uh, uh, Comey turn it into an intelligence agency with a political prerogative. Think about the fact. We, We just had this drop yesterday. The FISA court... Issued, well, it took a year to get it, a report in which there were 270,000 um, FISA warrants that were illegal. Um, not FISA warrants, FISA surveillance requests. Over a million Americans? Over a quarter of a million Americans? What, what are we talking about? White supremacy is the biggest threat to America? I, I, this is what the president said at a, at a college a week ago. This is insanity. This is – I used to give lectures on the FBI to new agents and, and military officers and say, you know what's really weird about America? America is the only developed nation in the world that doesn't have an internal security service. There's no MI6. There's no Bundesverfassungsschutz, like there is in Germany in America. We don't, do, we, don't, we don't have political security because of the nature of the country and how we were born. I don't, I don't give that lecture anymore because we have a political police force and it's the FBI and it cannot be redeemed. When you've got Dan Bongino, former Secret Service guy, say it's got to be taken down. When you've got people like Steve Gray, 23 years in the FBI, say on my show, nope, irredeemable. Carl Serafin, whistleblower, irredeemable. Give its three main missions to other agencies. It doesn't matter who you change at the top, who you put into the seventh floor of the Hoover building, this. Agency is irredeemable. Look, you've served. You're a specialist, right? I know that you or I, if you're in the Philly field office and the the assistant supervisor special agent says, hey, we've got this warrant. There's this guy, Mark Houck, and um, he uh, he, uh, pushed this abortion protester. at a a Planned Parenthood clinic who was screaming at his 12-year-old son. And they charged him with a misdemeanor, but the local court dismissed it. They said, you're protecting your kid. This guy's a loony. We're not going to charge you. But we're going to go in there anyway. Put on your ceramic-plated vest, get your M4, load it. We're going to raid his home. What would you do, Patrick? I know what I'd do. I'd say, here's my badge. Here's my creds. I'm not your stinking Gestapo. I resign. How many are doing that? Well, 20 of them did it for Mark Houck's house. So here's, here's why I don't buy the Hannity thing. Oh, it's just the bad apples on the top floor. Bullshit. It's not the, the bad apples. <coughs> if you don't have, you've got tens of thousands of agents and intelligence uh, analysts and support staff. If you're not striking, if you're not outside the building picketing saying we are not your Gestapo, sorry, you're one of the bad guys. We've got, we've got less than 20 whistleblowers. Out of tens of thousands of people at the FBI headquarters and across the nation, less than twenty whistleblowers. And you know what's really freaky? Nobody from DOJ. The people who give the orders, not one whistleblower. Why do you think? Because it's that. When I was in the White House, I realized very very early on, all of government is corrupt. You know, when when Obama sicked the the IRS on, on you know Tea Party Patriots, it, 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 it's all corrupt. The worst, the DOJ. The DOJ is literally a wing of the Democrat Party. It's just a political tool.
0: Can I ask you a question regarding yeah. the FBI? And uh, I hear what you're saying. I mean, you make some very valid points, especially with the the news of the Durham report. I want to just go back in time a little bit because we were he's he Pat saying, "How did this happen?" So it's purely speculation, yeah, yeah. opinion. Um, we all remember in 2016, I think eight days before the election, it was. James Comey, who went up on stage and potentially, as they say, cost Hillary the election. He basically said at the time, Hillary's emails, Hillary's emails, Hillary was sloppy as hell. He didn't charge her with anything, but basically said it was careless to an extent. And then obviously Trump won the election. How much do you think that, and we also remember when Comey was still the FBI director, he was in that room like, basically hiding behind Uh, the, the drapes, he's six, eight is trying to blend in. Do you remember that? It was like, all right, we see you, Jim, you're six, eight, buddy. But how much do you think it's almost like a mea culpa, basically on the FBI's behalf, basically saying, yes, we are the ones essentially responsible for Trump, whether you agree with that or not, that they're basically reversing course and saying, all right, we cost Hillary, the election so let's see what we, it's politicization of the fbi for sure or yeah. the weaponization but going back in time to pat's question how did this all happen this is just something that comes to mind for me
2: look that, that that press conference is infamous i mean you've got to watch it again it's 13 minutes long and for 12 and a half minutes comey lists every crime she committed mm-hmm. you know 18 tssci Secret emails topped and tell put onto a private server that that's elite. that means somebody goes into a skiff goes into a secure facility With a thumb drive, which is illegal if you're a US employee or with a camera Which is illegal to photographs classified emails takes them out downloads them and then sends them on an unsecured server to Hillary's uh, Email system, which is in her bathroom, right? That's a, that, yeah. If I did that once, if you did that once when you're a specialist, you're in the brig and you ain't coming out. You're going in there for 20 years, okay? Because the Espionage Act is clear. Intent is irrelevant. It's one of the few parts of the U.S. Code where intent is irrelevant. Whether you're a spy or whether you're a moron like Aldrich Ames and you leave your briefcase of classified stuff on the subway and metro, on the metro by accident, doesn't matter. It's classified information. You go away. She did it 18 times in just that press conference. and the last 90 seconds, he said, which which he's not allowed to do. He's the director of the FBI. He's not the frickin' AG. He says, but no reasonable prosecutor or judge would bring charges against this woman. I had a buddy working in the Chelsea JTTF, the Joint Terrorism Task Force in New York. He said, there were people in the, this is an FBI unit that is interagency. When they heard Comey say that, they got up, it was a Tuesday, I think, a Tuesday. They got up from their desks, put on their jackets, left the building and didn't come back till Monday. They were so disgusted by what he did, which wasn't helping Trump, he exonerated her. He exonerated her, and he has no right to do that. No reasonable person would bring charges. Uh, excuse me? You're not even allowed to say that. You're the FBI director. You're not a prosecutor. You're not a judge. And you exonerate. Why? Because she's a friend of yours? Because you want to stay in that position? He was trying to save her. He wasn't destroying her. Now, it didn't work out too well, Mm -hmm. but his motivation was to save her ass.
0: Why do you think Trump kept him on as FBI director? Uh,
2: It's it's ironic for a guy whose 14-season long TV show uh, whose motto was, You're fired! Right, exactly. Between you and me and your, your, your (laughs) your viewers, he hates firing. (laughs) <laughs> That's why he does it on Twitter so much. Because he re- he d- the person, it he just he
0: really does You're it, saying right? the guy who is most known for yeah! people that are like, fired uh, right? does he, not enjoy firing no, people? He doesn't. he doesn't. Sebastian, I don't know if I'm buying that you, one. You don't have to. Talk, yeah. to pe- talk to people who
2: worked in the White House like me and ask him, he really doesn't like doing that. I, I don't know why he didn't do it earlier. That, that guy should have been. Well, he
0: should have used his uh, namesake and his catchphrase day one with Comey, don't he, you think? He should have,
2: yeah, and with many other people. Look, you have to understand one thing about President Trump, and I love as an immigrant having to remind my fellow Americans who were born here. you know what you did in 2016? Americans did something really funky in 2016. Because from George Washington to Obama, there's a connection. Every single president in America, every single president, President is a member of the political elite, every single one, Mm -hmm. former senators, congressmen, governors, or retired generals, every single one. Along comes a real estate mogul from New York with a reality TV show who's never run for anything. I mean, even Reagan couldn't win first time. This guy runs the first time. And he wins. 64 million Americans, as my, my buddy Bongino says, you know, double-barreled middle finger <laughs> to, to, to the political elite, <laughs> elects somebody who's never served as county dog catcher, let alone the president. How does he know how D.C. works? He's not a politician. Who does, how does he know what Comey's really like? If Comey, you know, brown-noses him. This is, this is why round two is going to be different. If we do our part and we get him reelected, dude, different. Very different. I, I said this in an interview with PBS and uh, they stole it and they, they didn't run the interview, but they used my line as the, the title for the, for the documentary with, with Bannon and everybody else. People need to understand, when we walked into that building, I walked into that building January 21st, uh, the day after the inauguration. It was a Saturday, but I was on the clock. I'm a deputy. I'm going into work. When we w- walked into that building, they were less than 20. Less than 20 people in senior positions like me, who were MAGA, America First, and understood why 64 million Americans said, yeah, we don't want a politician. We had to fill 4,000 positions, presidential positions, 4,000, and run a government of more than 2 million people. Now, uh, God bless Steve Bannon, but he actually said in an interview for Rolling Stone or Vogue or some stupid publication, he had to use this word. Two weeks into the administration, we didn't have enough bodies. So Reince and I made a, quote, drug deal with the RNC to fill the positions. I think that explains what happened for the next four years. When you bring in bushies, when you bring in rhinos, when you just have people with a pulse but who hate them. I I was a deputy assistant to the president. Now, I didn't know what that meant, okay, because I'd worked in the military and the DOD. It outranks a four-star general. I didn't realize that until I rolled up to DIA for a lecture on, this, on, the, on China and they treated me like, you know, the second coming, I, I, you know, the, 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 the two stars are coming out to greet me and take me to the VIP, blah, 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 What? you're deputy, there's only 42 of us in government, 42 deputy assistants to the president. Six months into my term, I realized there's another dap in the building, another deputy assistant, my rank, who detests the president. Utterly hates Trump and everything he stands for, which is weird because being a deputy assistant to the president, you're not shanghaied, you're not given the queen's shilling with a gun put to your head. And, you will be an outranking four star civilian. No, you actually volunteered to do it, but you're in the what to get a check, check mark on your resume? You're going to come into a building and work for a guy who you can't stand. That's not going to happen again.
0: So how do you think this time will be different? Knowing what you know now, if you had people right. insulated in the administration right. that basically hated Trump, which is insane to me. Like
2: we have people like General Kelly. I mean, think about it. General Kelly was the chief of staff. Yeah, that is we'll one of the most powerful people yes. in, in the world. And I love them. Marine Corps is my favorite service. I spent two and a half years teaching at Quantico. I love the Marines. And it pains me to say he was a subversive. He should be in prison right now. I mean, to th- think of this. Corey Lewandowski, good buds with the president. Never worked in the administration, but he'd come in all the time to talk to the president. And he'd never tell Kelly. Kelly would get irate. He'd get pissed. And I can tell you this because Corey said this in a Fox interview. One day, he was coming out of the Oval. Kelly saw Corey, grabbed Corey, and flung him against the wall so hard he ripped the button off his jacket.
0: General Kelly did that to Gen- Corey Lewandowski. Yeah, and said,
2: you don't effing come in my building without my
0: permission. He was chief of staff at the time. My
2: building? Nobody freaking mm. elected you to nothing. Oh, yeah, you're a big, you know, Marine retired. Nobody elected my building. That cannot happen again. What, what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, there's only two jobs I, I'd be prepared to do in the next administration, one of them is personnel. Um, uh, there's a, another person who's already been um, Vett- gi- given the nod, Yeah, and he's a friend of mine, and if he gets it, <clears throat> we've had a discussion. I'll help you in whatever way you need. Uh, Reagan said it best. Policy uh, is personnel. Personnel is policy. It doesn't matter what your issue is. I'm a big S- Second Amendment guy. But whether it's uh, sanctity of life, whether it's the border, whether it's economy, it doesn't matter what your issue is. If you don't get personnel right, you're not going to get anything done. Rule number one, if we win, if we do our part, we have to have a filter system that only allows people who love America into the building. End of story. So it's not about Trump. It's not about Republicans, people who love America. Who would those names be? Meaning,
1: uh, you know, the last, because the, the cri- criticism is, some of the older guys don't want to come back. You know, this yeah. person's not coming back. Yeah. Daughter's not coming back. cushions not this, Nobody wants a job back. Everybody's kind of hesitating.
2: Who would be the part of the new team? Yeah. So this is, I'm working on an article that's exactly those for my sub stack, you know, the, the the names of the cabinet and who should come in. This is, this is a challenge. My friend has the morning show in D.C., Chris Plant, great radio host. And he said one of the greatest successes of the left in the last 20 years is to guarantee that good men and women will never work in a Republican conservative administration. And he's right. Why would you? Why would you be a Justice Kavanaugh even? Why would you risk having you know, loonies come to your house with zip ties and a gun to kill you and your children? I, you know, I'm, I thought I was used to it. But then when I came into the administration, they came after my wife. They came after my son. There was one journalist who wrote 52 hit pieces in me, on me in two months, one of which was about my 18-year-old son and used the word traitor in the headline about my high school age son. Why would you do that? So uh, it's going to be a challenge. What what I said to Mike Flynn at the beginning, the National Security Advisor, I said, because we inherited a National Security Council. There's 420 people. It was insane. Obama created this massive, massive NSC. And I said, Mike, get rid of them all. Send them back to their agencies because most of them come from, you know, state or CIA or DOD. And put some good people at the top of each one as senior directors, and then let's fill it with people from the campaign. Let's bring in people who work their ass off to get President Trump elected, who don't know the difference between Sunni and Shia, but give me six months and I will train them. <laughs> I, will, I will be there, they will be there till 10 o'clock at night, they will learn the rudiments of national security, and at least they'll be loyal to the will of 64 million Americans. And, and you know, uh, a week later, Mike was fired.
0: So you want to bring in greenies or do you want to bring in some big names? Well, I
2: think we've got, we've got a year and a half. No, we we got, we got a year and a half to find cadre and to convince people. Uh, we've got to have the top line locked in. We've got to have the cabinet members. We've got to have the senior directors. We've got to have the DASDs, the assistant secretaries all locked in. But it can't be pe- – I don't want to get into too much into it. and tell me if I'm talking too much. Uh, all the big appointments used to go through our office for, through Bannon's office So we'd get these spreadsheets every week of people who want to come into the administration There was one spreadsheet we received. And this is unclassified of people who are applying to the top jobs in the DOD like assistant secretary of defense Deputy assistant secretary of defense and I looked at the spreadsheet <laughs> before I gave it to Bannon. and I said where, where are we getting these names? Because there's a column on the right hand side referred by four of the people on this spreadsheet had been referred by Michelle Flournoy, Michelle Flournoy, was Obama's, you know, top Pentagon official. People, people actually coming into the Trump administration are putting Michelle Flournoy. I mean, just put, you know, Podesta. J- just put Axelrod. Why don't you? That can't happen again. That cannot happen again.
1: Yeah, it's going to be, you know, that that part is going to be uh, uh, interesting to watch who's part of the cabinet, who's part of the team, because uh, some people, the criticism of uh, uh, first term was the fact that the draining of the swamp didn't happen. And I wonder, is it is a part of it where, you know, you know how in fights, Uh, or, you know, game, you lose the game and, you know, the opponent hug each other or even in UFC, hey man, this was a great fight, you know, you're really great, you really brought it and I got to give some respect to him, you know, this fight wouldn't be this way and then you become friends. Is it almost there's a side of you when you go into this space that is filled with, you know, backstabbing, dirty, and you're like, you know what, I think they're going to be noble, so let me have a meeting with Romney the next day. You know, let me bring these other guys in and then you're like, Let's make this work. Maybe I can change them. Maybe if they really see how good I am, we can really unify this group. And then you make the mistake of keeping the Comeys, keeping everybody. No, 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 no. They're not who you think they are. This is not capitalism. This is not business. This is not corporate. These guys are darker and dirtier than you think. Stay strong and bring
2: true believers in. Is that the evolution that he had to go through with his first term? Yeah. Okay. And, and also he's in a territory that he's never been in before. Right. I'm a, I'm a geopolitics guy. I'm a broadcaster. Don't ask me to play your know, concert piano. It's not. <laughs> you will have a very bad concert.
0: Or who won the uh, Celtics heat game. Nuggets uh, or yeah. whatever
2: it was. Right.
0: <laughs> no clue. No, Is no, that no, a cricket no, no match? Cricket That's or, or rugby.
2: <laughs> right. Um, so he's in a completely new environment. But, but to your point, two things. Let's talk about the left and let's talk about our side. On our side, the establishment really thinks he's a joke he's an anomaly, that the American people just chose the wrong person by accident. They really think, I mean, Chris Christie's going to announce. Chris Jabba the Hutt's going to announce. Does he really think that anybody (laughs) in America is going to vote for him? I mean, Asa Hutchinson? Asa Hutchinson? You could literally be a diplodocus from prehistoric times, and you're running for the presidency? The establishment thinks that Donald Trump is a blip. It's, a, it's an accident. We're going to get back to normal and footsie under the table with the Democrats and the sweet deals with China and we'll be fine. He's just, he's just weird. It's just an accident. It's perverse. Get back to normal. So you can't deal with those guys because they think you're a freak. And the other side, let me give you an example. <laughs> I, I was thrown in day three of the administration, right, because we dropped the travel ban. And it was not well communicated. And I could see that it wasn't being well communicated. So I texted Bannon on a Friday night. I said, Steve, you know, we got to explain this better. Like, this isn't anti-Muslim. Uh, this is based upon a threat assessment that Obama left us of the seven nations that cannot tell us who, they are, who the people are who are coming across the border. This is their threat assessment. We're just initiating it. And, and, and Bannon, typical Bannon, you know, doesn't sleep. 3 a.m., he texts me back. He says, tell Spicer now to use you. Now, I didn't go into the administration to do media. I went there to do behind-the-scenes national security. So okay, Spicer, uh, Bannon says use me. So I am literally dropped into the pit of hell, the Saturday morning, Sunday, Friday, doing all the CNN. I mean, this is the fun stuff that people keep talking to me about. You know, when I destroyed Cuomo, when I was on with you know, MSNBC, and I was an f- effective communicator. After I was effectively communicating all this stuff with the president, Senator Durbin wrote a letter to the Secretary of Homeland Security to investigate my naturalization and to have me kicked out of the country. Dick Durbin from Illinois? Yeah. This, 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 isn't, this isn't a political difference. This is when, when the other side thinks, I can destroy you. You must have lied on your immigration papers. You must be deported because you're an effective communicator for the president, right? This isn't politics. This isn't, you know, Tip O'Neill having a beer with Ronald Reagan, you know, Friday night. Every the week, left wants to destroy us.
0: Every week they got together. Every yeah. week, once upon a time, there was a time in this yeah, country where right. Tip and Gip would get together and have lunch in Rose Garden, and there was a certain nobility of it
2: um, of where they were. Let me ask you a question. But let me just add to that. Think think about what Brennan has said. Brennan Brennan. still has his security clearances. He's a former CIA director. On national cable television, he said the incumbent president is a trader who works for Russia. Excuse me? I mean, politics has been dirty for a long time. But to say the guy in the White House actually works for the Kremlin, that's not politics. That's evil.